Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, presented by STBB. A conversation dedicated to answering your legal questions and a platform where our team of specialist attorneys share their expert advice and legal know-how with South Africans. Today I'm going to give a brief discussion on proposals for a scheme of arrangement in terms of Section 114 of the Companies Act. Um, with a specific focus on a reacquisition by the company of its securities. So the section reads, unless it is in liquidation or in the course of business rescue proceedings in terms of chapter six, the board of a company may propose and subject to approval in terms of this part, implement any arrangement between the company and holders of any class of its securities including a real reorganization of the share capital of the company by way of, amongst other things, a consolidation of securities of different classes, a division of securities into different classes, an expropriation of securities from the holders, exchanging any of its securities for other securities, a reacquisition by the company of its securities, or a combination of the methods contemplated in this subsection. Now, since the promulgation of the Companies Act of 2008, there has been a debate as to whether or not every repurchase by a company of more than 5% of its own shares constitutes a scheme of arrangement. The genesis of this debate is the wording of section 48.8b of the Companies Act. That section stipulates that a decision by the board of directors of the company to acquire more than 5% of the company's own shares, whether in one transaction or through a series of integrated transactions, which I shall hereafter refer to as a qualifying purchase, is subject to the requirements of section 114 and 115 of the Companies Act. In light of the fact that Section 114 of the Companies Act deals with schemes of arrangement, it was argued that a qualifying repurchase must automatically be regarded as a scheme of arrangement. On the 5th of February 2021, the Gauteng Division of the High Court Johannesburg uh-huh. had the opportunity to consider this issue in First National Nominees and Others versus Capital Appreciation Limited. Although Section 114 of the Companies Act lists certain transactions, on there. sorry. Although Section 114 of the Companies Act lists certain transactions which do constitute a scheme of arrangement, the Companies Act does not contain an actual definition for scheme of arrangement. So the court was left to consider the question. The court concluded that the objective of an arrangement in terms of Section 114 i.e. a scheme of arrangement, is to affect the respective rights and obligations inter se of the company and its shareholders in a manner which cannot otherwise be conveniently achieved by independent agreement between the company and each holder of securities. It is apparent that the function of a scheme of arrangement is to provide a mechanism to affect the respective rights and obligations between a company and its shareholders and shareholders intersect in circumstances where doing so by a conventional agreement between all of those parties is not an option. 
Therefore, a share repurchase pursuant to an agreement between a company and certain of its shareholders that does not seek to bind other shareholders who have not agreed thereto is not a scheme of arrangement. An arrangement that seeks to bind all shareholders, assuming all of the statutory requirements are met, and regardless of whether or not such shareholders voted in favour thereof, is by its nature a scheme of arrangement. The court went on to deal with the wording of Section 48.8b of the Companies Act itself, stating that the wording clearly does not state that the qualifying repurchase is the scheme of arrangement, but rather that every qualifying repurchase is subject to Sections 114 and 115 of the Companies Act. The court acknowledged that although a share repurchase may be implemented by means of a scheme of arrangement in terms of Section 114, not every qualifying repurchase automatically falls to be classified as such. A qualifying repurchase is not to be regarded as a scheme of arrangement solely by virtue of the need to comply with the wording of Section 48.8b of the Companies Act. A qualifying repurchase that is not intrinsically of the nature of a scheme of arrangement is no more than a share buyback subject to the further conditions found in Section 114 and 115 of the Companies Act. According to the court, the rationale behind the application of the additional requirements to a qualifying repurchase is that such transactions merit additional protection because they potentially affect minority shareholders more radically as they amount to a restructuring of the shares of the company. It was the view of the court that the legislature accordingly saw it fit to impose on qualifying repurchases the protections that are already contained in Section 114 of the Companies Act and not to render all qualifying repurchases as schemes of arrangement. The additional requirements applicable to qualifying repurchases include, in, alia, in terms of Section 114, the appointment of an independent expert, the adoption and the adoption of a special resolution as contemplated in Section 115, and importantly, the entitlement of shareholders to exercise appraisal rights in terms of Section 1158 read with Section 164 of the Companies Act. Um, this is still a little bit contentious, though, because Section 164 of the Companies Act specifically only refers to schemes of arrangement. But in terms of Section 115, this section, uh, I think it's 1158, um, Section 164 of the Companies Act must be complied with. So even if you're just dealing with an ordinary um, buyback in terms of six, section 48, which constitutes a qualifying purchase, you still need to comply with section 164 of the Companies Act. The purpose of the legislature in making the additional requirements applicable to qualifying repurchases was not to convert a simple buyback contemplating Section 48 into a scheme of arrangement, but rather to protect shareholders against potential abuses that could accompany qualifying repurchases. The judgment also provides clarity on whether a qualifying repurchase constitutes an affected transaction, which is subject to the takeover regulations. 
since Section 117 of the Companies Act, being the definition of an affected transaction, includes a scheme of arrangement between a regulated company and its shareholders, as contemplated in Section 118, it is apparent that not all qualifying repurchases will constitute affected transactions, only those that constitute a scheme of arrangement. In conclusion, a qualifying repurchase, which is not a scheme of arrangement, will therefore not be subject to the takeover regulations. Does anyone have any questions? Jacques, I know you have a question. Yeah, but, but, but my question is, um, can you give us an example of when you cross the line? Um, so the court basically stated, so when you, when you cross the line, as in your buyback becomes a reacquisition by the company of its securities, um, it must not constitute a conventional agreement. So a willing buyer and willing seller, for example, if the court proposes a scheme of arrangement, say, for example, um, you know, the majority shareholders want to be bought out um, by an offeror and um, some of the minority shareholders don't want to sell their shares, um, but the offeror wants to take over all of the shares in the company, then the company could propose the scheme of arrangement um, and provided that it's approved by at least 75% of the shareholders who are entitled to vote on the matter in terms of Section 115 of the Companies Act, then that even though some of those shareholders didn't want to participate, they will be forced to participate in terms of this section. And that would constitute a scheme of arrangement. And if it is a, if it is a scheme of arrangement, then not only do you have to comply with the sections of with sections 114 and 115 of the Companies Act, as well as section 164, but you would also need to comply with the provisions of the takeover regulations panel. Um, so that's part B and C of chapter five of the Companies Act. Adam, perhaps just a question for you. I mean, in terms of the, the old Companies Act, the, the schemes of arrangement there, you always had to get the court's approval as well. I gather here in, in, in this section now, the court's approval isn't required, Candice. Is that correct? You just yes, need to follow the process set out in, in the Act. It's not required, but if you look at um, Section 115 of the Companies Act, um, read with Section 164, the minority um, appraisal rights, um, if more than 15% of the shareholders entitled to exercise voting rights um, objected to uh, the transaction, um, then they can basically approach the court uh, mm. for an order that the company um, purchases their shares at a fair market value. Um, and then the fair market value will be determined by the court taking into account evidence from, from experts. 
So, yeah, so the court approval process, you know, may still apply. Um, And also, you know, if it it is an affected transaction, um, which is a scheme, which by its nature, um, any scheme of arrangement constitutes an affected transaction, then, you know, you might also find that, um, you know, depending on the percentage of shares being bought back, um, you know, the mandatory offer provisions um, in Part B and C of Chapter 5 of the Companies Act might also apply. Adam, I, I saw you appeared on the screen briefly. Yeah, no, nothing for a bit to add. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Candice, thanks very much. Uh, I don't know if there are any other questions, but I mean, it's it's actually a very technical section, this, and, and I think we're probably going to have to return to it at some stage in the future um, to, to, to discuss it in more depth, but I mean, I definitely learned a few things <laughs> this morning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, the the court basically, you know, there was a lot of debate in the, in the legal fraternity as to whether um, any reacquisition by the company of its own securities um, in terms of, you know, Section 48 uh, const- automatically constituted um, a scheme of arrangement. So, I mean, it's nice that the court finally clarified that matter by stating that you know, it's it's only to the extent that um, it's not a conventional agreement between a share, a willing buyer and a willing seller, i.e., a shareholder and the company, where they willingly um, sell their shares to the company. You know, so I mean, I, it's good that that was clarified. Sorry, Adam, did you have something to say? Yeah, I just wanted to say <clears throat> there was a case, I think it came out in, could have been April or May, where minority shareholder used Section 115 to challenge a scheme of arrangement and did so unsuccessfully. Um, I'll find the case and uh, I'll send it to you and you can maybe circulate it to everyone. And, and, and it sort of just shows the grounds on which uh, the court can use this discretion to, to sort of refuse the scheme. And, you know, there's a lot, lot of, we spoke about valuations in our previous two, and there was a classic example where the minority thought that the offer was very unfair, uh, but they didn't have the requisite majority to block it. And the court refused to intervene in sort of the commerciality of it. But another interesting example in the matter that we're currently involved in is, for those of you who've been following the woes of Fortress Reed, <clears throat> uh, which is a listed uh, property fund. They they've now they put a scheme together. Uh, I think it was where we now August. Yeah, in August they had their scheme meeting, and um, the the, the shareholders actually turned down their scheme on the basis of that they thought it wasn't fair. I think they missed the seventy five percent majority by like just under one percent. Oh. So the shareholders use this tool. Um, to keep the board very honest, uh, on the board side, you know, you never go, you never, you never go through a scheme until you know what support you're going to have at a meeting because mm. schemes are very costly. 
I think in the case of Fortress Reef, it cost 20 million rand uh, just to get the circular out and, and, and all the advisors and so on. And then to, to miss it by, you know, less than 1%. So what we normally do when we do these schemes, you go out and get something that's called irrevocable undertakings, uh, where you get the pledge of 75% of the shareholders who can vote, bearing in mind that parties who act in concert with the proposed yes. the scheme cannot vote. So that there's no surprises at the meeting, you know. We're not we're not going to the casino and betting it all in black. It's it's just irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I'm acting for one of the minority shareholders in, in Fortress Reed who thinks that the board's really just not doing a, a good job. And we've blocked them every step of the way so far. So watch this space. Yeah. But um, also um Andreas got an opinion once, uh, Andreas, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if Andreas is on, um, that where a scheme or a repurchase is proposed by the shareholders themselves without the intervention of the board, you don't need the independent experts report. Um, 114 only requires the report when the board is acting and proposing the buyback. So, Jacques, um, no, I don't know about that anymore because the um, the, the section um, one one five um, report um, that needs to be complied with specifically um, if the sec if the um, buyback constitutes uh, or there's more than five percent of the shares building uh, being repurchased then under all circumstances. Um, then you know that that transaction will then um, you know apply. Well, section one one four and one one five will apply to that transaction, um, and so you will need an independent um, an, an expert an expert's report. But um, you know there there is still the question of whether or not um, that requirement may be waived by all of the shareholders. Um, and it seems practice um, to, you know, in terms of like current practice, um, people have just been obtaining that waiver from all of the shareholders. And the risk of, um, you know, anyone later opposing that is therefore reduced substantially. Um, Claudia mentioned something to me the other day. I haven't kept abreast with the proposals on the, a company laws amendment bill, but Claudia, you said something to the effect that there would um, be a, a, a relaxing of the requirements on independent reports in certain cases, smaller companies, etc. So there is, Jacques, I can't tell you the exact wording right now, I'll try and find it, but there is a proposal to relax the operation of section 48. Um, because of this very problem with the link to mm. the requirement to retain the independent expert, mm. I will quickly look for the exact wording. Um, but there is a proposed amendment in that regard. Okay. Candice, thank you very much. As I say, I think it's a very technical section, this, and um, yeah. you clarified it for us. But I think we, we're definitely going to, to return to this perhaps as a, uh, as a, um, a case study, Adam can Adam can set up a case study for us that we can discuss one day. <laughs>
<laughs> See how that will go. So I found the CDH article. Um, the wording is that the proposed wording or amendment is that all buybacks in terms of Section 48 will require a special resolution of the shareholders and then there'll be a complete removal of the requirement to comply with Sections 114 and 115. Okay. Which I okay. think is more of a commercial practice at the moment. So, yes. so when, why will, um, under what circumstances will there be, will Section 114 and 115 be removed from Section 48.8? So, here is that the, there will be a complete removal of the requirements set out in Section 48.8b, which would result in a company undertaking to buy back more than 5% of its shares, no longer having to comply with the requirements of Section 114 and 115. It's interesting because um, even the court stated that, you know, that's to protect minority shareholders um, because it amounts to restructuring of the company's shares, um, you know, which could end up being detrimental to, to minority shareholders. So it's interesting that they're proposing to remove it entirely. I mean, I would understand you know, if, if all of the shareholders unanimously agree that, you know, 114 and 115 doesn't apply, that would make sense. But to just say that it never applies, I think would be prejudicial in certain cases to minorities. But anyways. Perhaps, it, perhaps, it, perhaps there'll be a, a concomitant amendment of 114 and 115 to stipulate the conditions under which they would apply as opposed to only 48 but we'll have to see. Legally speaking, this podcast has come to an end. Thanks for joining the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing, visit us at stbb.co.za for more info.